millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow pow pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along. It's the beginning of a new Odyssey. And uh, this one is a bit different. It's shorter than most of the things that we look at. It's um, a, a BFI public information film from 1977 called Have a Good Day, Dear. Lovely. Um, and what should we call it? Because it's about office carnage. The health and sa- It's the health and safety deep dive, or isn't it? Like this yeah, is this is this is a this is about health and safety in the 1970s workplace. Am I right in that? What should we call it? The, the office disaster odyssey, something like that. It'll have a title by the time it goes out. 70s Always office uh, odyssey, because actually, what I mean, I've only watched the first three minutes so far of, Obviously. and it, it's it's a whopping 15 <laughs> minutes long. But from what I've seen so far, it's every bit the creative achievement as Mad Men was. I mean, how many awards did Mad Men win for depicting, um, uh, you know, for for doing an honest and quite well stylized depiction of working life in the 60s? And it actually did creep into the 70s as well, Mad Men. I mean, I would say say that the creator of Mad Men, who I actually interviewed, Matt, Vina, Vina, also yeah. used to work on The Sopranos. I think that he basically has seen this and thought, I'm going to rip this off, but change it to um, America. Because, you know, what we've got is, first of all, we've got like uh, 70s stylized office, swirly carpets, lo- some lovely mid-century office furniture. Um, lots lots, lots of thing, sort yeah. of mahogany and whatnot. And mm. then uh, you've got, um, let's be honest, quite se- sexy secretaries. I know you're not allowed mm-hmm. to refer to secretaries as sexy anymore, but they were back then. And you have casual sexism aimed at them. Yeah. So really, uh, aside from the health and safety stuff, it's really about 70s office life, isn't it? Totally is. Totally is. And, and like you say, there's some stuff there. Like you say, office furnishings and architecture and all of that mm. that uh, are delight to look at. They I've just really been are, doing yeah. a bit of research on this um, this short film and it turns out there was an exhibition last year in Scotland in the Summerlee Museum of Scottish Industrial Life mm. which sounds like a hell of a place sounds to visit. good yeah and they had an exhibition last year called Risk and on the web page for it it says a spill a slip a hospital trip oh no 
<laughs> the world around us can be a hazardous place, but over the years, people have come up with clever ways to protect themselves. This fun and vibrant exhibition looks at the sometimes hidden dangers in and out of the home. See how people protected themselves in the past and the risks they took. Uh, watch out for screens showing public information films. Some are quite unnerving, such as Lonely Water. Oh, our old friend. Our old friend, was Lonely part Water. Of this exhibition, as was this thing. Have a good day, dear. So these people at this museum in Scotland are very switched on. They've got the right down. idea. I'd love to go up there for a little fucking pipe about. Yeah. One of these days we'll get around to doing Top Flight Time Machine day out reviews. Yeah. And that will be on our list. Yeah. We could, we could, um, you know, like the National Trust membership thing and it gets you yeah. in the National Trust places. We could sign up various locations to the Top Flight Time Machine. Yes. Uh, like, do you remember when we were going to go and see that bunker in York, but then someone said, yeah. oh, you can't. Can't remember why not. It's only open on a weekend or something. And like I was that. like, don't tell me what I can and can't do. <laughs> and there was that place you went to look at which had the hermitry. The hermitry, that would be... I mean, that yeah. is National Trust, so we might find ourselves oh, up against Trust them. already, isn't it? Yeah. But we, we could, both do we, long for hermitry. We could try and make them a better offer. Yeah, we could do. We could buy them off the National Trust. Put in a Hello, yeah, we bid. hear you're in with the National Trust. Well, no, it's just like prison gangs, isn't it? It's like we hear you're in with the... Uh, the, the, the menace them. We hear you're in with the uh, Nation of Islam. Um, we want you to what? join... We want you to join our um, crazy loco Hispanic gang instead. Um, right. We'll make you an offer. We'll get you your own bandana, um, mm. a brand new knife, a brand new shiv, mm. and other privileges in the canteen. Okay. So a similar sort of thing with the National Trust location. Well, you've got National Trust. We, we can we've, we've talked before. I don't know if we even did a deep dive about the, the, brief, the, the beef that existed between English Heritage and National Trust. Because for a time, I was a member of both. Quite controversial. Mm. And once we stirred that up, we had people from both sides getting in touch and telling us, oh, don't bother with those fucking... We had someone... Pretty militant from the English Heritage game. That's they were briefing against each other. Yeah, they? They were, fucking National Trust. Don't make me laugh. Fucking plastic bunch of fucking frauds. Fucking jokers set up. They've got right. We're the fucking real deal. We're for the authentic fans of history, not those cunts. It's all about tea shops and fucking gardens. You come to the English Heritage, right? You see a proper fucking castle in a right shitty state, right? And that's real history, right there. Yeah. So there was a lot of that going on. And I'm saying, let's enter the fray and set up top flight I'm time machine. I'm saying let's not enter the fray. Oh. I'm saying we need to find a third way of different locations. That's what can, I'm saying. I'm saying. A, a canal that's alleged to have a car in it. Oh, that yeah, like my thing. mate took me to, yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Those sort of locations that are not on the roster at the minute yeah. of either the National uh, Trust or the English Heritage. Um, the tree that Jokin shut out of that could be one that could be a day out ca- that, yeah yeah of course it could get a plaque on it yeah blue plaque oh like if once you get it what's blue plaque is that English heritage as well I was going to do a, I was going to do a um, Chiswick Soul Patrol tour like tourism tour mm. you come to Chiswick mm. I'll meet you at like Turnham Green Station and uh, I'll take you and we'll find we'll keep an eye out for Pancho and we'll look yeah. at some of the sites. That you, there, there's some great Chiswick Soul Patrol. Where are they now? Some of them are working on the fruit and veg up the high road. Yeah, and I'm going to say you'll spot so some of them there. Yeah, of course. Could do a bit of that. Yeah. 
our good friend Peter Hooten of the farm has yeah. started doing um, he's involved in Liverpool music heritage tours yeah. around the city now I've noticed he's been tweeting about that that looks like fun I bumped into my mate the other day who came to Barnes to see me before Christmas and the first thing he saw when he got out of his car parked up and got out of his car was you guessed it Lineker and he said I can't <laughs> believe it he goes I've come to Barnes and literally the first thing I see when I get out of the car is Lineker he goes Lineker was walking around on his hind legs boulders oh, brass right fucking hell then I saw him again recently he came over to Barnes the other week for one of my book event things and I said he's, I said you seen Lineker this time he goes no but since last time I was here you had all the press here didn't you and I said oh yeah and I told him I started I saw a money making opportunity I got down there and started selling Lineker tours <laughs> said we had all the tourists coming round for a, for a week or so. It was just fucking, it was bloody Lineker bonkers. So I just hung around outside the pub saying, you know, holding up a thing saying official Gary Lineker tour. No one could stop quid. me saying official, right? And I was charging not. 15 quid. I said, and I was going around and I was doing things like stop. And they'd all stop behind me, all these Japanese tourists. And I'd pick up a leaf off the ground, sniff it and go... Mm. I think he's been here recently. It's still he's close fresh. By. He's close yeah, by. Yeah. Be very quiet. I told them that Lineker could hear for a 10-mile radius, even like <laughs> literally the tiniest crack of a twig he can hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, if we, when, we, when we do come across him, because we will, when we do come across him, do not look directly at don't him. Don't look at him. Look and if he, if he comes towards you, Lineker comes towards you, stand perfectly still. Still as you can. And what you'll find is he'll, he'll at worst, he'll come up really close and he'll sniff. He'll sniff around sniff you. And that's yeah. how he'll establish whether or not you're yeah. a threat. And eventually he will just go up, go off, go on don't, his merry don't, way. Don't, don't, don't flap at him. No, don't do don't, anything sudden. Like, try, don't, don't bristle or anything like that because he, he, he is frightened of fear. You'll pick up on your fear <laughs> yeah. and it frightens him. Whatever you off. do, whatever you do, do not run because there is no way you can yeah. outrun him. Right, he's he's lightning quick, and a lot, a, people, a lot of people, a lot a lot of people have made the mistake of thinking they can escape him by climbing up a tree. Don't. He's an expert no, climber. He's an expert yeah. climber. He goes up it like fucking a rat up a drainpipe. And other people have jumped into a body of water. You know, there's the pond. Some people have even jumped mm. into the nearby Thames. He is all. He will dive in, and he will he's- chase you down like a shark. He, he's semi-aquatic, isn't he? He's yeah. yeah, he's semi-aquatic. He can go up trees. He's like the Komodo dragon in that sense. He's quick yeah, yeah. across land, up trees, and through water. So you've got very like triple threat. Yeah, you've got very few ways of like getting away. So the best thing is you just stand still, don't make eye contact, hope for the best. Just let him do what he has to do. Yeah, he'll come up, he'll sniff you, he'll like, he'll just see what you're about. He will put your scent into his memory bank <laughs> yeah. for later on. And then, he retains all of that information. Uh, he'll know if he smelled you before. He might. And he'll know that you, you're, you're safe. He might whisper in your ear very gently mm. some woke opinions about yeah. who knows what, like immigration or, you know, yeah. the right yeah. the rights of transgender it, people. It, you don't it, know. Something like, did, did you know that 10% of UK homes are empty? <laughs> yeah. That and kind of if thing. he does that, just don't don't show any response. You you may have a temptation to nod and sort of try to win his approval by going, yeah, I I agree with with your opinions, mm. you know, mm-hmm. but even that might cause a commotion if you do that just by nodding mm. your head or engaging in that. So just be impassive, completely impassive. Definitely don't argue with him. 
No, for God's sake, don't. that's the worst thing you can do. It'll rip your head off. No, because you'll start, you'll start a pile on then. Yeah. So, um, uh, how did we get onto that? Not completely sure. Uh, just enjoyed it. Yeah, just talking about seventies <laughs> workplaces. Something that we have no experience of. I don't even remember. I remember eighties offices because both my mother and father worked in <clears throat> extremely different offices in the eighties. But I spent time in both, um, and uh, they, I remember them vividly. But this is way before my time. I've got this, no recollection this, of this stuff. It's great. I love it. This, this is. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, it starts off. It's 1977. It was made, and it starts off with like a commuter type scene. Yeah, you see a, a red London bus, um, and there's commuters dashing about the pavements of London on their way to the offices and all of that kind of thing. And uh, tower block, and there's a train going over a bridge, and the tower block is very grey and concrete, and loads of windows, and that's that's where this uh, this film takes place and we see a man in a uh, a three-piece suit it's mm. not just a jacket and trousers he has the waistcoat as well lovely yeah commonplace back then i saw somebody wearing one on something on the telly the other day and i thought that's a good look that you know yeah it is that look should come back the Waist- three-piece yeah thing. yeah definitely it's strong most people only wear it like maybe at a wedding you bust out a waistcoat yeah. but no it's yeah, really it nice um, it might have been something with Leonard Rossiter in that I was watching. We might start selling. Um, we should look into um, selling suits, top like time machine, three, three piece suits, suits, and we should advertise we'll them. We should advertise them in local newspapers, not online. We should have like illustrations yeah. of them, and just go, fellas with kind of shaggy hair yeah, standing at the, an angle. The new suit for the, the new suit for the modern gentleman the about town. <laughs> and they're slightly flared, slight kick out at the bottom of yeah. the leg, above the shoe. Yeah, quite wide in the collar, and, and they're, wearing, they're wearing shoes with a heel. With a shoes with heel. a heel, yeah. Cuban oh, heel. Oh, we could easily get that because you can get cheap tailoring done, like maybe in India, something like that, and we'll get them Somewhere shipped like that, over. Yeah. We'll send Third them our world. sketches. All we have to do is send them some rudimentary sketches, and they'll turn it. They'll get the old sweatshop to bash them out. out. So I reckon yeah. we shift it. Maybe we could uh, get a discount if you're IFS Turbo on our brand new three-piece suits. <laughs> and we'll also get some T-shirts done that say suits for sale. <laughs> so we can clean up with both markets. If anyone asks us to do a talk at one of these modern podcast conferences, the f- welcome to the Future of Podcasting Conference. Today, Andy oh, Dawson God. and Sam yeah, Delaney of thought. Top Flight Time Machine join us to explain what they see as the future commercial exploitation of podcasting and related IP, right? And we go, hello, thank you for having us. We are about to reveal to you the future of our podding empire. And we pull away the sheet and it's just a illustration of me and you wearing three-piece suits. Three-piece playing suits. three-piece suits. That's right, suits. Suits. Suit retail. We are it's using our podcast... To make a revolution, to shake up and disrupt the modern tailoring market. Our podcast is, in essence, it's like an iceberg. You've got the 10% that's visible. That's where we talk about football, <laughs> digging, whatever else is going the on. The commercial Storage stuff, units, the populist stuff that for the idiots. That, that's, that's what we lure people in with. Yeah. But then the 90% underneath, 
suit retail. Suit retail. People don't know about that, but to be honest, what, that's why we stand before you today, the proud owners of uh, several storage units, um, uh, an industrial <laughs> shredder, and <laughs> a dartboard. <laughs> We've been studying podcasts for about seven years now, and a lot of them, the podcasters, they're about halfway through, they'll advertise some pillows <laughs> or a continental quilt yeah. that they've been paid to advertise by a third party. We've cut that out altogether. We're now manufacturing our own stuff to sell, and that's suits. <laughs> Three-piece suits. The most important thing about us and our whole ethos is about disruption. Whatever we do, it disrupts the status quo. We and, move uh, fast and break stuff. And our, our sights are set firmly on global tailoring, which for too long has been stuck in moribund condition. Lazy, oh. complacent, fat and sloppy. No more. Tailoring was shoved out of the way by the likes of Topman and Burton's. Where are they now? <laughs> Dead, that's where. Dead in the water. Everything's because they cyclical. failed to embrace podcasting. Two years before Burton went tits up, we approached them and offered to make them a corporate podcast series. They Bespoke. laughed in our faces. Now they're dead, and we're taking over we're the suit now. business. <laughs> Something in it, though. The rack trade. Oh, God, yeah. Jalapeño. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. Because the thing is, a really good suit will last for years. Yeah, I've never had a tailored no. suit. I've always wanted one. I've always no. bought off the peg. Yeah, I think we should probably do it. We should get ourselves to um, Savile Row at some point. I love the idea of being measured up. Do you? Yeah. God, yeah. Just the, the, the whole feel of it. Do you, I mean, in a way, I, I've probably considered when I was younger and I used to wear more suits because I had more reason to, I considered yeah. going up Savile Row. And I'm making like I wanted to buy a suit because I thought they're not yeah. going to ask for any cash before measuring me up. I'll go in and go, measure me up. I want to buy a suit. They do the whole measuring yeah. up. Then the best bit is when they then come to you with a book full of bits of cloth. Oh, the book of cloths. And I look through the cloth. Yeah, I like that one. Can I touch it? <sighs> oh, yeah, that, t- that touch. That's right lovely to the touch. Put that on the shortlist. What do you call that? Oh, mohair. Ooh, nice. Okay. And is that a wool blend? Interesting. Okay. What percent? Well, okay. Yes. Put that down. Oh, and is that a hound's tooth? Yes, I like that very much. Ooh. Right. So I'll have all the questions, look through the fucking lookbook, get measured up, then go, I'll be in touch, and then just never call them yeah. again. But you've had the experience. I've had the experience. Well. I haven't got the suit, but I've been measured up. 
by a gentleman and I've had a look at their fucking cloth book. And that's it's all like you really want. It's a celebrity that spends their time going around viewing houses they've got no intention of buying. Is it Lumley. Lumley? Lumley. Yeah. And that is a, that's an, that's a Top Light Time Machine exclusive. That came straight from me because she told me when I was yeah. in the green room at fucking Sky with her. She was. <laughs> that Of all like the brief celebrity encounters you have where just in green rooms and stuff, I've had loads over the years, some mm. right interesting people. but And some of them it's just brief. You have a little chat. But that one is one of the all-time greats because, like, she is such a legend that even a 10-minute yeah. chat with Lumley stays with you forever. I'll bet. She had slight Royal Race vibes because she goes at one point, she just wanted to talk. You know, like with some celebs, you think they won't want to talk. You always instinctively think they won't want to talk. People are always talking yeah. to them. They won't want to talk. I'll leave them be. I'll leave them to their own thoughts, right? She's got important business to think about. Lumley business. She doesn't need a fucking idiot like me interfering. Yeah. Trying to. Are you are you tapping? Are you tapping? Yeah, coin. Yeah. Um, okay. Sorry, I'm getting I'm getting all jittery thinking about my time with Lumley. Put it in your. I'm pocket. thinking she's gonna think fucking hell. She doesn't need me trying to get off of her, which let's be honest is what I would probably be trying to do. That's what oh, I go on, yeah. go on, just give us one quick snog before you go on the telly. Go on, just a mm. quick snog. In the cold, be like no, no, come on, don't be like that. That's We're being some. professional. This is a professional engagement. Go on, yeah. how I tell no one. I just want to do it so I can. T- oh, oh, well, I'll tell my mates, obviously, tell but they won't be able to spread it. They're fucking, they're social outcasts anyway. They don't know no one else. It won't spread from them. They're not even on the internet, <laughs> right? They're, they're what I call uh, social cul-de-sacs. <laughs> you got no worries with it them whatsoever. Nowhere. I'll tell them. They might not have even heard of you, to be honest. No offence, but uh, they, a lot of them don't earn televisions, but. <laughs> But no, she's just she wanted to talk more than I did. She's giving it this one. Do you know that you know that garden bridge that they're talking about? I went, yeah, yeah. I've read about that. Yeah, that was my idea. That's what she said. <laughs> did she say that? Yeah. And I went That was common knowledge though. And I went that was Well, I didn't know it. I went did I, you know? I more or less went, like fuck it was, and she went, fucking was. I just called up Boris Johnson and said, you want to turn that bridge into a garden? And he said, all right, then. Yeah, but there's more to it. Do you know the the backstory between no. John Lumley and Boris Johnson? Don't tell me he's had it off with her because I'll be gutted. No, 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 oh, okay. no, no, no. I probably wants to. Oh, of course yeah. he does. It. We all do. He wants to have no, it off with when everyone. He was, when, he, when, he, when he was a little boy, uh, Joanna Lumley used to babysit Boris Johnson. The dirty bugger. Now, can you imagine being, let's say, 11... And being babysat by Joanna Lumley. Yeah, amazing. And the impression, the permanent impression that would have on it you would be, forever. It would have been disastrous, really. No wonder would, he's turned out funny. It would lead to thoughts and fantasies that would live with you for decades to come. And then, decades down the line, when Ms Lumley does ring up and say, I want, you want a to garden turn that bridge, bridge into a garden you bridge, just and go, I want absolutely. Involved, like, yeah, whatever, no problem. I'll turn that yeah. bridge into... I'll blow the cunt up if you ask me to. I'll just say the word. I'll give million. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, but she but did also tell me, she that. went, oh, I get bored. I just, I ring up like the estate agent. She said, and uh, I arrange viewings of these luxury flats. I can never afford them. She went, but people always buy it because I've, she said, because I've got such a posh voice. <laughs> legend. <laughs> Fucking lovely. What a legend. Brilliant. So where, where are we? Well, yeah, we're looking at this. Uh, have a good day, dear. And uh, the the 
There's a fella who swaggers into the office who we, you can only describe as the office cunt. Yeah. In the same way that every football team has a cunt. Yeah. This fella is the office cunt. He's got no time for um, pleasantries. He is anti-establishment. He doesn't matter who he annoys or upsets. He's a bit of a jaded he cunt as well, really, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, everything in this office is kind of varying degrees of brown. Yeah. Isn't it? From tan right the way through to dark mahogany mm. in colour. And there's a bit of grey as well. It's just brown and grey pretty much throughout. And th- this fellow's called Ted. And he's played by none other than the actor Jeff Hinsliff, who played Don Brennan in Coronation Street a few years later. Um, and he's perfect for the role. And, uh, and Don Brennan was, it has to be said, one of the great Coronation Street characters of all time. Um, of course, he lost his foot. He was a taxi driver who lost his foot. Um, he was married to Ivy, which in itself would be enough to dis- to drive anyone to distraction, I think. Mm. I'm just looking on his Corrie Wikipedia page. He was driven away in 1991 by Ivy's forceful personality. <laughs> Understandable. Um, she was ruled by the ghosts of her past and she sometimes treated Don like an afterthought. Don had an on-off affair with Julie Dewhurst. I don't remember. Don't remember her. And he crashed his car in a suicide bid when she broke it off. <laughs> and he survived. But his left now. foot was amputated. I think he. I think he crashed it into the viaduct that's at the end of the yeah the, the street. Did I tell you I've been to the Coronation Street tour before? No, how did you Student get that? Tour. Oh, did you just pay? Oh, it's, it's yeah. You got to pay. It's on in Manchester. It's brilliant. And you go around. Um, all of the various interiors of all the houses in the street. Do they do they have any old ones that aren't there anymore, like Hilda Ogden's rig or something? Because that was the most no, iconic. No, they've all kind of gone. It, it was because it, it wasn't the active studio that they use. It's kind of replicas. It's of like a museum. What they use. Yeah. But um, but they have a real Rovers around. return, right? There's a real Rovers return which you get to go in. And is that the, the real one or is that a recreation? It's a, it's a recreation because this is the one they used to use and they've just they've just moved they've moved into a brand new one. Right. But it's kind of the the remnants of what they used to use mm. before they'd moved into this new purpose built one. And you get to go in the Rovers, you can stand at the bar. That's the mate. That's uh, the money shot, isn't it? Oh fuck yeah. Get your photo took. Cost money obviously. Yeah. If you want a professional photo taken, you get to go uh, you look at the interiors of all the houses, the interior of the factory, the knicker factory. Oh, Baldwin's Knicker Factory, love it. Yeah, and um, what else? And then at the very end of it, you come out of this door and you just find yourself on Coronation Street. You get to the exterior bit, the street itself. You come out of the door where the restaurant is under the viaduct and it's the weirdest thing because the door opens and you're like, fuck me, I've seen this street. I'm going to do it. I'm in Manchester next week for the tour. 45 years. I've got a few hours to kill in Manchester because I'm getting there a day early. Maybe I'll go and well, do that. I'd recommend it. I don't know if it's still on because it was it used to be at the Granada Studios, which got um, shut down. Coronation Street tour. <sighs> Granada yeah, Studios, scene of me shooting my ill-fated pilot show, which I co-hosted with Jerry Springer. That's my only time in there. Me and Jerry oh Springer, co-hosts. He called yeah. me Simon all the way through. <laughs> yeah, I've told you that I one. Might haven't go I might myself. I might have been before, but 
you get to go through well you used to move the, the location you used to get to go through the um what do you call it the gallery where the oh, yeah. uh, the, the director the sits. sits and all that when they do all the camera and all shit yeah. yeah all that yeah um what's the on? I might go myself over in Manchester next week I'll look into that but yeah you walk out onto the street and it's like fucking hell this is surreal yeah I've been watching this on the telly all my life and you, now I'm do there. you look up on the roof you see that cat that's always hanging the about cat's there yeah around the back you get to go up the back lane behind the houses, which I believe they the call it Ginnel in the northwest. Oh, Ginnel. Yeah. Okay. Ginnel. You can look through the letterboxes of the houses. There's nothing inside, Sam. Nothing inside. Oh, it's so good. It's so yeah, good. it does sound like a good day out. We'll put that on our National Trust thing on the Top Flight Time Machine Days Out Academy. We might do it next week. We might mm. do it next week. Uh, Ivy. Uh, turned to drink after Don uh, moved out and then she moved to a religious retreat and died the following oh night. yeah that was a shame wasn't it and and poor the, a- the actor around. of it she got herself into we won't talk about that because that was a bit of a shame but she actually fell into uh, what I think were drink related issues as well didn't she yes she, she, she made some appearances on shows like The Word where mm. she appeared to be uh Enjoying herself, let's say. Yeah, that was a bit exploitative by the TV producers of the time. Which is unlike TV producers at all, really, isn't it? <laughs> exploit people. <laughs> I don't know if it's still so. I don't watch enough telly now. I feel like it's maybe less bad than it was in the noughties. The noughties was mm. like the height of exploiting vulnerable people for entertainment, wasn't it? Yeah. Mind yeah, you, so. do they still have that show, Embarrassing Bodies? Isn't that like so. a bit like, look yeah. at their embarrassing body. Let's make the them show it. Is that the one where they stand behind a thing and then they have to judge them by their cocks? Things like that. Put your cock through that, that a hole. different one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Cock, we're, we're Channel cock, 4. Cock. We were established to uh, disrupt the status quo um, by all the it's body doggies. That's what said we do. At the we BBC. So we're really pushing boundaries. Now... We want you to come on this show and uh, put your cock through a hole. Then we're going to let some birds say whether they like your cock or not. Yeah? It's like Blind Date, but instead of you talking and trying to get your personality across, she just looks at your cock yeah. and makes a value judgment the, on that. The twist is she cannot touch it, not until like she's decided which one she wants. Yeah, it's sort of our remit to kind of push boundaries and really, you know, speak truth to power. <laughs> Cock all dating, we call it. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be either um, called Cock Date, Look at My Cock, Embarrassing Cocks, or Cock, 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 Cock. We're not sure yet. If, if if you have got a really unusual cock, you've got two chances. You could get on the <laughs> Cock Dating Show, or you might also get on the Embarrassing <laughs> Cock Show. We're doing so, enough. You know, we're right, do, we're right do, in. We're doing one where you go on the road around the UK. Because uh, the commissioners, have, the, the execs have told us, the cons upstairs have told us they want to show, they want us to get out of our metropolitan bubble. So we're going to go on the road. And the idea is it's it's you <laughs> with a celebrity with a really short, fat penis. Like, there's a few of them. Apparently, Gary, U, uh, Chris Eubank's one of them. Um, <laughs> there's a few. But, well, my, um, Dappy, Dappy from Endobs, he'll be in it. Right. And we're calling it, get this, Chold on the Road, Right. And it's a race across the UK in a VW camper, right? And it'll be one member of the public plus one short, 
short, fat, cocked celebrity. And we call it Chold on the Road. And you have to get your Chold across the UK first. If you do, you win a um, some cock surgery to make your cock bigger but or a different shape. The, the cock has to be visible at all times, so you run the That's risk the of... Uh, you, you could know, get arrested. Uh, various laws. Like, like you that. know, you could be driving. You could be driving through a quaint market town in Somerset, for example, right? Trying to make your way to the next checkpoint, but you get stopped because cock Chris point. Chris Eubank is is in is hanging his cock out the window on the passenger <laughs> side, and you get reported and pulled over, right? And what are you going to say to them? Well, that's part of the entertainment, isn't it? That's the peril, isn't it? Chilled, be on, jeopardy. chilled on the road. Chilled on the road. <laughs> so, uh, so Don Brennan then became obsessed with Mike Baldwin, who'd sold him the garage, and the garage had gone bust. Uh, and he drove his taxi at Mike Baldwin in the end to try and run him over. Uh Oh, it was, it was Mike Baldwin's car. Try to run him over with his own car. Oh, There's something that, in that, isn't that there? That really is insulting. There's a bit of penis envy subplot going on <laughs> yeah. there. Um, and he missed uh, Mike and crashed into the viaduct. Uh, the car exploded in a ball of flame, killing Don instantly. That's the end of Don Brennan's story. Died in 1997 on Coronation Street. Uh, but before that, he appeared in this thing um, as Ted, the office cunt. But we've run out of time. We won't get to go any further with it right now. But it's only a 15-minute film, so I think nine episodes probably. But that's the first 20 seconds covered, so that was good. Uh, come back and join us again for more next time. And watch Thank you it. Very much. What's and it called again? Oh, yeah, if you want to watch it, called Have, have a, a Nice good Day, day Have a Good Day, day. Yeah, Have look, a Good look, Day, look day. UK up. Public Information Film. We'll put the link on the Twitter and the, 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 uh, the IFS as well. Uh, thanks for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>